Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. It's our number two of the program here, and we invite you to call us at 412-928-9370. That is the number. And we'd like to thank our sponsors, as always, Allegheny Health Network, Health for All, PNC Bank, Make Today the Day, Number One Cochrane, Go One Better, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, as well as Ireland Contracting. And you can follow this station on Twitter at 937thefan, driven by Jim Shorty Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shortkeykia.com. Text us on the Edgar Satter and Associates fan text line, which is 412-928-9370. Edgar Satter and Associates remind you to text responsibly. So we've talked a lot about What's going on with the Steelers, where they are, where they're headed. They have three games. Ben Roethlisberger told everyone to take a deep breath this week uh, and to try to figure out what's going on, and they do have time. There's no question about that. Um, They're in a situation where they have uh, an opportunity here, I think, to to get well in a hurry against Cincinnati and then hopefully lead the way to something that could be a a little bit of a positive role in Indianapolis and Cleveland heading into the playoffs. But as I said, at this moment, they're not going to get any off time if this scenario plays out, which means should Ben Roethlisberger, once they clinch, if they clinch, <clears throat> get some time off just to get ready. The wear and tear of a man, you know, 38 years of age with some elbow surgery, I, I think, is is there. Certainly could use uh, that opportunity. What would you say at 412-928-9370? I also want to bring into the conversation the Juju Smith-Schuster situation. Now, this was not a story until Buffalo said it was. Now, I'm curious if the Bills had lost that game to the Steelers last Sunday night, would it have even been brought up? Juju Smith-Schuster has been dancing on logos before games for a while now. He uses it to enhance his social media brand, TikTok, whatever. The Bills said they were motivated by that, which, you know, like I said, if you lose the game, how motivated were you? How much motivation do you need for a game like that where you're trying to win it anyway? You know, fans look at it differently. Fans around here may not have a problem with it, but they had a problem with Cincinnati Bengals shining their shoes with a terrible towel and all that kind of stuff. Juju Smith-Schuster, in my view, I would if I were someone on that team, if you're going to do it, don't do it on the logo. What's the point? I understand your brand. What's more important, the team or the brand at this point? The brand, you can still do that at some point in the end zone. You can do it before the game on the sidelines. Why does it have to be there? So I guess the question I'm asking is, do you believe in bulletin board material? We hear about a lot. There have been times when teams have won games, using that as a reason, and a lot of other times, in fact, the majority where that's not really a reason at all. It's some sort of uh, creation. Again, Juju Smith-Schuster was available to the media after that game last week, and that nobody knew that the Bills had used that or said they did as motivation. Nobody even asked the question because it was one of those things he does all the time. I don't think it impacts teams one way or the other. I don't like it necessarily. I think if there's a time and a place for it, but that's not the time or the place. 
412-928-9370. Let's go out to Rich, who joins us on the cell. Hey, Rich, how are you? All right, Rich is gone. Let's go ahead. Charles in Chicago. Hey, Charles, what's going on? Nothing much, Bob. How are you doing? Once again, uh, Merry Christmas coming up. Uh, thank you very much thank you. for taking the call. So here's where I get very concerned with uh, the Steelers right now, uh, the last two games. Because if you look at their season right now, as far as, like, second half of games, they're outscoring their opponents by 30 points, 146-116. The last two games where they had their last two losses, they have been outscored 11-37, to minus 26 points. Uh, which is really alarming right there. So my question to you is going forward, trying to close out the season, should the Browns win and the Steelers have to win against the Bengals and still try and win out and either for the Chiefs go 0-3 or 1-2 and for the Steelers to get the bye realistically, uh, what concerns you as far as like adjustments in the second half that they need to sharpen up on? Because if you notice, too, Ben Rosper's interceptions total starting to pile up, too. He's up to nine interceptions. Uh, that's all I had to say for this weekend. Uh, you stay warm, and once again, have a blessed holiday, Bob. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate that. <clears throat> you do the same. Well, I, first of all, I, I'm of the belief that you know this run game, which has been ignored, shouldn't have been ignored all the way through the process. I don't know what happened, actually, in the first six games to where they are now. There's six games. It was a pretty healthy dose of running. It was a pretty healthy dose of success on the run. And then all of a sudden that changed. Was that just a philosophical move to a short pass game? But normally when that happens, it's because you see tangible evidence that the run game does not work. I hadn't seen any of that. To me, that, that run game was working fine. I didn't understand why they had totally gone away from it. It's one thing to use it to set up a pass. It's another thing to totally forget about it. Uh, in the last seven weeks, they've been one of the worst teams in the NFL in the run game. And I think when you're, you know, then putting together a short passing game to substitute for it with no threat of a deep game, and that's one of the things that they need to change. I still think Roethlisberger's arm has shown me enough velocity and zip where he can do that. It's been a little inaccurate down the field. That has to change. They have to have some success down the field to keep people off of the line of scrimmage. When you don't do that, you invite problems. I thought Buffalo did a good job adjusting last week. You talk about second-half adjustments, Charles. Second-half, you know, the first half of Steelers defense did a good job well, you know, by bottling in uh, Josh Allen. They did. Second half, the adjustment was the coaching staff there had to have told him, hey, you have good legs. Use them to your advantage. You have all year. The Steelers were doing a good job of containing him in the pocket. Second half, that all changed. He moved out. He made plays. And the Steelers really couldn't cover it the way they did in the first half. And I don't know why that happened. But as far as the Steelers are concerned, again, you have to have some semblance of a run game to me to have – success long-term in the pass game. And if you don't, you're going to have issues there. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. Uh, thank you for bearing with me. I have a little technical problem, here. I'll hopefully get that uh, changed as we go to the next uh, segment of the program. But we're here till 1 o'clock taking your calls at 412-928-9370. I want to let you know also that uh, the best place to hear about every black and gold football moment for every game is the black and gold game day, 93.7 The Fan. It's presented by J.P. Roofing and Siding and Tri-State Office Furniture. Three hours before every game, we have you covered. All you need to know from around the league with our black and gold brought to you by Morrison Kitchen, Bath, Armstrong Business Solutions, Yinzers in the Burbs. 
All right, welcome back. 412-928-9370, that is the number to call. Let me know what you think. Our show is brought to you by the good people of Allegheny Health Network on the front lines of all the COVID care, and they're doing a wonderful job. PNC Bank, make today the day. Driven in style by number one Cochran, go one better. At number one Cochran, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, where they have your back, not your wallet. And Ireland Contracting, visit them at irelandcontracting.com. Title sponsors of the nightly sports call on Pittsburgh CW. That's seven days a week. Manny Triple on Twitter says, at KD Pomp, World Junior Championships. Starting on Christmas Day, best hockey tournament. Uh, but Manny, they do have some COVID concerns over there, so I'm not sure how much of an interruption that will be. But the World Championships is fun, and you get to see all these guys from, uh, from all over the place who are going to be future stars in the league. House of Martial Arts. Hits me up at KD Pomp and says, do you think the Penguins will make any more moves before the season starts? It's very difficult to do that. I appreciate that uh, tweet, however. This team, to me, is fairly well set with what they have. Uh, and again, now it's been a while since we talked hockey, so I'm going to jog my memory here with uh, Crosby on the top line with Gensel and, and Zucker, I would imagine, right? Um, now, they brought in Kasperi Kapanen in a big trade, so he should fit with Malkin and Rust. Again, I'm just talking off the top of my head here. McCann signed. I was a little surprised by that. They brought in Mark Jankowski. Uh, Evan Rodriguez was reacquired. You have Brandon Tanev with Bluger and Zach Aston Reese. You know, they have four lines capable, and they have some young people in their organization who may take a step up also. I'd be very anxious to see uh, Pierre-Olivier Joseph. He was a guy acquired in the Kessel deal. I want to see more of him on the blue line. But I think that's a pretty formidable team. Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith in goal, I think those guys can get it done. They're going to be right in the mix, but it's going to be tough because, as I said, that Division One with all those teams, including now Boston and Buffalo in there, it's not going to be an easy way to get through. Let's go out to Ryan in Rochester, who joins us right now. Ryan, what's going on? How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you, Bob. Hope, hope, hope the same for you. In regards Good, to bulletin, material, bulletin board material, I think uh, teams are looking for any advantage that they can get in order to um, put themselves in a position to get an edge. Uh, when it comes to Juju, I don't think he meant any disrespect, and anyone who sees his personality can appreciate that. But at the same time, when you have players that are looking to build their brand via social media or uh, wanting to show their personality, I'm all for that. But I think there's a time and a place, and especially when you have a game as important as that Buffalo game, that he should have thought better and done differently with that. But also I'd like to – acknowledge uh, the work that he does in the community. I read an article about him covering the uh, layaways for a number of folks. So uh, it's nice to see him uh, getting in the community and supporting folks in this area. Yeah, and he's done that, Ryan, repeatedly, and that's part of what he does. Uh, he's very active on social media, and that's just, you know, I listen, I understand how it works. It's part of it. I do as much of it as I can, and I think people who are younger certainly going to do it. Uh, and, and I, I – to me, I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem, however, when it's in the middle of the field on a logo. We have seen what happened over the years when people have done that uh, with Terrell Owens and, and others. I just I think it's a sign of disrespect when you do it on the logo. That's just me, and I wouldn't do it. And if I were a member of that team, I would say, hey, you can, you can still do what you got to do, but you don't have to do it right there in the middle of the field on a logo. People are superstitious about that. Uh, so, Ryan... I, I think he does a lot of good on his social media. And, again, I, I don't have any problem, generally speaking, with social media. I do have a problem when it's on someone else's logo. I just don't think that's the right time to do it. I do not believe necessarily in bulletin board material. 
I think we've seen that over and over again and how it works sometimes, how it doesn't work in others. So, um, you know, but bottom line is he better make sure his production gets better. That's what I would say about Juju Smith-Schuster, Ryan. Because if, if you look at the numbers of yards that he gets per catch, again, it's a product of their system right now. He's been very physical and very reliable. He's not one of the guys who's dropping the ball all over the place. So I don't have a problem with Juju Smith-Schuster from that point of view. I do want to see more yards. He's way down the list when it comes to yards per, per catch. But, again, I think that, that pass game, the short pass game, has had a lot to do with that. If you're going to utilize that, number one, you better not drop things. You know, as I said, uh, I, I went back six games, and you look at the third down conversions that could have been if not for drops. They're game changers. They're drive changers. All of these things matter in a short passing game. But I think the Steelers need to make sure that their offensive line can handle five-step drops and going down the field. There's no way that you can have a down-the-field game if you're going to get rid of the ball in two seconds. You just can't. Pass patterns cannot develop. They need more time. They need to show that they can do it. And they have injuries there as well. And some aging guys, you're going to hear that, obviously. Uh, but they, but they, they have to execute it better from that point of view. And I want to see more of that. I want to see them drop back. I think they got sucked up in that whole streak of how many snaps in a row without a sack. Well, that's fine. But if you're going to just go two seconds, throw the ball, you're not going to get many yards in many times. And when you drop those, you're going to have drives stalled. So all of that becomes a big problem. Let's go to Brian, who joins us in the state of Ohio. What's up, Brian? How are you today? Hey, Bob. I'm doing great. Thank you very much for taking my call, too. And Merry Christmas to you. You, too. Um, Thank you. I'd like to get your opinion. You know, I don't think you you were just talking about the offensive line. I don't think they've ever been the same since Munchak left. I think he uh, he, he was the secret sauce, if you will. And, you know, if you look at the Steelers, and, and I'm not criticizing them. I love the Steelers. But if you look at the offensive line, their first instinct is to stand up straight when the ball snapped. And when you're running the ball, you don't stand up straight. You run down the field, and you start knocking heads down the field. You go after the linebackers and so on. And they're not doing that. You know, when Munchak was there, you could see Pouncey and DeCastro and everybody else four or five yards down the field, you know, putting guys on their rear end. And you don't see that anymore. So I think that's problem number one. I think number two is as great as they are, our two tackles telegraph exactly what the play is going to be. If you look at the way Villanueva stands when he gets down to the to the line, he's got his left foot back, and the other guy, mm-hmm. whoever's playing right tackle, is the same thing, which tells the defense it's going to be a pass. That Villanueva is going to drop back, and so is the other tackle going to drop back. And so you, you didn't see that when Munchak was here. But I'd like to get your opinion on that, and, and uh, thank you again, well, and I hope you have a great, great, great year. Uh, thanks, man. You too. I appreciate the call. Thank you for that. And I will say this about Munchak, Brian. I, I, as good as he is, and he's a Hall of Famer, and he's, uh, you know, as a player, uh, a very good coach. But the run, the running game numbers aren't all that much different than they were when he was in charge. And, again, I don't know if that's a product of just choosing not to be a run-first team or a run-50-50 team or a run-40-60 team. I just think uh, the, the, they want the pass game, and they've had weapons to succeed in that pass game. Um, but I think you're right. I've heard a lot of people talk about telegraphing what's going on, and if you pay enough attention to that, you can pretty much tell. But, but also part of that is being in the shotgun as much as they are. They're one of the top teams in the shotgun. Roethlisberger this week talked about going under center more often. They should do that. 
Um, you know, they, last week, Derek Watt got zero snaps, and he's healthy. What's the purpose? I mean, he's a guy that I would like to see in there, especially on third and short, fourth and short, whatever the case may be. You can play action out of that. You can do a lot of things. But not being under center with empty backfields pretty much tells you what you're going to do with the ball also. So these are problems that all teams look for. You know, they tendency, they try to find trends, uh, and every team has them if you look around. So I want this uh, tweet, I want to get to it before I get to another call. It's from Chuck Rose. To, this is on the topic of the Penguins. At KD Pompey hits me up. He says, Cappy will absolutely play with 87 and 59. Rutherford made that clear. Zucker with Rustin Malkin. Uh, okay, Chuck, that's probably true. Uh, with Grosby, Kapanen, and Gensel, you got speed, you got a lot of skill. Malkin, Zucker, and Russ, that also. However, you know Mike Sullivan, he can switch a lot of lines uh, going forward. Uh, I'm going to be anxious to watch Mark Jankowski play. I think he's an intriguing player. He's not one of these guys who's just going to go out and you know turn into a 20 goal guy, but he has a role to play on this team, and I like his. Um, you know, body of work, not necessarily all the way through, but when he's at his best, I think he's, he can be a productive player for them. We'll see. Let's go out at 412-928-9370. We have Anthony in Oakland. Anthony, what's going on today? Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, Bob. To you and your family also. Bob, this is not a new phenomenon with the Pittsburgh Steelers these last two years is this short passing game. We saw this last year with the two young quarterbacks, and we thought it was because of the two young quarterbacks that that's why they were doing it. Even though Mason Rudolph's arm at this juncture looks to be stronger than Ben Roethlisberger's. Uh, so, it, and so it worked until the defense made adjustments. And now there's that, remember the term, no risket, no biscuit? Well, we don't see that here in Pittsburgh any longer. And I'm watching other NFL games. I'm seeing people running free, running freely, slants and, and curls and hooks down the field. You see none of that here at Pittsburgh anymore, and it's very distressing. Yeah, you're right. Last, and I, I fell victim to that, Anthony. I thought that short passing game was just to accommodate young quarterbacks who hadn't had any kind of action in the NFL. And yet it continues now this year. I was surprised. You know, if you look back at the first six games as I did, they went down the field a lot more. They had a run game that was better as a result. I don't yeah. know what's changed. I don't know what there's, – there's a reason it changed. I'm not sure quite what it is. Well, as you said, they got impressed with this, this uh, quick release stuff, and he was the number one guy. Well, that's fine if they're holding on to the ball and they're, and, and they're escaping the pressure and scoring, but they're not doing that. This is not Joe Montana's great 49er offense, people. And if you don't change it quickly, I don't care what kind of defensive effort we're getting, because last week's game was a prime example. That defense held that team out for a whole half. That's when you as an offense were supposed to take advantage of it, and they couldn't do it. And then a quick six on the other side changed the whole momentum of that game, and it was goodbye, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. I, I said, Anthony, I don't know if you agree with it, the sack that he had last week was it was good for them. I think now that streak's over with, they can worry about moving on, and I think they need to show that they can move on down the field. This is what this game in Monday night will be for them. It's going to be, hopefully, from their point of view, a get-well week. They can play yeah. well in all facets, try to take that to the next week and build on it. Let me quickly say this about Juju. You know, as a football club, you, the last thing you want are distractions. If I'm Tom and I say, you know, it may be cute on the Internet, but it's not cute on our football field. I don't want it to happen again out here. 
Okay, if if you're going to get on AB, who's the greatest wide receiver of all time in this town, for video chatting or whatever when the speeches and things was going on in the locker room, then you'll stop this nonsense because that's what it is. It's just nonsense. I don't care about his TikTok. I care about him scoring touchdowns. I agree with you, and I think you're right. Given what had happened in the in the uh, Antonio Brown days, listen. One thing I know about Mike Tomlin, he's he's a, a guy who internally has what rules he has, and he will live by what he puts out there. But I think the social media craze just becomes something that, if you look around, man, every team has guys who do it. I mean, Chase Claypool's pretty active in that. That's just what you have. You're not going to change it. What you can, however, change is where you do it, when you do it. Right. And I think you have to know when and where. You can't do it on the middle of a logo before an important game. And and, and (laughs) as much as I don't believe – Anthony, do you believe in in bulletin board stuff? Do you? Uh, Not necessarily. But you do believe in distractions. I do believe in it. It's a distraction now. Why? Because Tomlin had to address it. So if you have to address it as a coach, it's a distraction now. I totally agree with that, and you want limited amount of those things because it becomes a big – again, if Buffalo had lost that game, I don't think this would ever come up. It will eventually because he's going to keep doing it, and the fact that he's defiant in that and he's still going to do it tells me that other teams may have reaction. And the problem lies here, Anthony, is if a team takes exception to it and if there's a pregame fight, for example, and somebody gets injured as a result of a TikTok. Right. Know what I'm saying? Well, we didn't. We didn't need it, Bob. We just, you know. So that's why, hopefully, Tomlin has probably told him, let's 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 focus on other things. We got we got a big picture here, Bob. And if they don't figure out what's going on here, they're going to go home early again, and Tomlin's going to take heat. And I don't like him taking heat unnecessarily. Right. So I remember he needs the, to address it. What was the thing in Cleveland? It was was it Joey Porter and William Green? It was yeah. pregame. And yeah, it was pregame. And you can have ejections. You can have stuff happen that affects your team because of a TikTok dance. That's yes. what you cannot afford to have. Again, there's a place for it. Listen, you're not going to stop a trend of people celebrating after touchdowns. The NFL understands that now. They try to fight back against it. It's a losing battle. When you see now the defensive players who make plays, they all slide into the end zone and pose. All right, fine. I, I don't have a problem. I like fun and expression. That's fine. It's it's when you do it and how you do it that can become a problem. Yes, sir. Bob, All right, man. Thank you very much, young man. Thank you, young man. <laughs> and Merry Christmas to you at 412-928-9370. That is the number. If you'd like to uh, chat about that or more, let me know. We're also ta- trying to get some hockey talk in, and we have updates from college football championship weeks. We have a lot of games going on right now, and they'll continue to go through uh, the rest of the day. Currently, uh, we have Oklahoma and Ohio and Iowa State in the Big 12 game. Oklahoma has the lead. Iowa State has a beef. Even though they have two losses, they think they should be in the uh, Final Four. I'm not one of them who agrees with that. Ohio State has an early field goal lead over Northwestern. 3 nothing is that game. And my question for you moving into this break will be, what happens if Notre Dame loses a close game to Clemson? Do they still become one of the four teams in the playoff? My answer to that is coming up. I'd like to hear your answer to that, too, at 412-928-9370. All right, welcome back. As we continue, brought to you by Allegheny Health Network, PNC Bank, number one, Cochrane, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, 
and Ireland Contracting. Join us seven nights a week for the Ireland Contracting Nightly Sports Call, Pittsburgh CW, 1035 start time. We also have a special Steelers edition following Steelers games. So I posed the question into the break. Right now, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame are the top four teams that would play in the football playoff. And as far as I'm concerned, the rest of the bowls, if they cancel them all, that will be fine with me. If some play, that's fine too. But I think generally speaking, most people don't want to do that. They don't want to play these games unless they're meaningful. So today, Northwestern has taken a 7-3 to lead over Ohio State. Now, Ohio State has to win that game. Uh, you know, they were given the opportunity to change the rules so that they could be available in the Big Ten. But if they should lose and fall to 5-1 and one with a loss to Northwestern, what happens to the top four? Here's another question for you. If Notre Dame and Clemson play, and Clemson is expected to win that game because Trevor Lawrence plays, Notre Dame beat him earlier. Let's say that's a close game, but Notre Dame loses. What do you do with Notre Dame? Do you drop them out in favor of uh, Texas A&M? They could be 8-1 and one, or Iowa State. A lot of people think Cincinnati's getting shafted here. I think they're still undefeated. And then Coastal Carolina. You can tell me everything you want about Coastal Carolina. I know they play where they play. They're 11-0. But in their only two games this year against Power 5 teams, they won both. They beat Kansas. They beat BYU. They're, they're, they're a pretty good football team, but they're not going to get the chance. Let's go to 412-928-9370. We have the counselor who joins us on the cell. What's up, counselor? How are you? Fine, Bob. Merry Christmas to you and a healthy and happy new year, both you, you and too. your family. Thank you. Um, my point on the Steelers is, first of all, it's three games. It was three games in 12 days. They are older. They are not as young, especially along the offensive line. Secondly, the practices were interrupted multiple times during the week that they were supposed to play the Ravens, which doesn't go well if you're trying to get a rhythm going. Okay? And then on top of that, again, they didn't make adjustments. They fell so in love with the short passing game to the point where they kind of ignored the running game or pretty much put it on the back burner. And when you don't practice something, you know, you don't get a rhythm going, okay? And the other problem becomes is when you're one-dimensional, teams load up to stop that one dimension. And the other thing is they, they Mike Pursuta pointed this out, that uh, on one of the passing plays, um, Chase Claypool got a four, you know, got a uh, bump and run, and the, their best defensive back put him on his backside, coming off the line of scrimmage. So people, you know, weren't getting off the line of scrimmage well, either. Well, that's true. They're jamming the line of scrimmage because they know what the Steelers are trying to do, and that's where you're right. If you become that one-dimensional, especially in a pass game with no run game, uh, you're, you're asking for trouble because now there are too many people in the throwing areas. Batted balls, we've seen them. Tip passes, we've seen them. All of these become real disturbing because they can lead to game-changing plays. The other thing I would say, Bob, is he doesn't have to, I mean, yes, it would be nice to hit a couple of deep balls. But if he starts hitting 15 to 20-yard passes over the middle or whatever you want to call it, deep curls uh, and stuff, that's as good almost as getting the big, long, long bomb, which is not a high-percentage pass anyway, you know? Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Listen, Ben is one of the best, if not the best, with his pump fakes. He also looks safeties off. He, he plays a good game with them, but he needs time to do that. And I want to see them get into longer pass. They have to. They have to go deeper for two reasons. Number one, it's a, it's a big part of the game. They have guys to do it, and they can make plays. But number two, obviously, to show the other team that you can do a lot of different things besides the one you're doing right now. So 
these are all problems that they could, you know, they have three weeks to try to figure out. And listen, I'm a big believer, Counselor, I'm sure you are too, that the record is the record, but it's also how you play down the stretch that matters. And if you're playing well, you can carry that into uh, some success in the postseason. You know, a comment I would make on the Penguins, Bob, is this. No offense, Chris Letang was not good in the playoffs. Now, he was okay in the season, and then he got hurt, and when he came back, he wasn't the same. He has got to make, he does not have the speed that he used to, to make up for his giveaway mistakes. So, he's got to learn that I can't do these kind of risk-reward, high-risk, high-reward type uh, plays and I can, oh, I can rely on my speed to get back to keep the uh, breakaways from happening. Right. No, I agree. I think he does have to stop doing uh, some of the, uh, you know, low percentage plays that could succeed but likely won't. Thank you for the call, too, counselors. I do appreciate that. Um, he's still, you know, good enough to get out of his own zone. I think number one thing with a defenseman like that is just getting the counterattack going. But carelessly throwing the puck a lot of places is a problem, and it leads to bad things. Uh, I still think he's a very good defenseman, and I still think he has a lot to offer. Uh, so I look at the positives as well as the negatives because everybody has both. His, his, you know, as long as he understands, and I think the older get, he should understand um, that you don't have to play that high percentage or low percentage pass, uh, you know, stretch pass that leads to problems and transition opportunities because they can kill you. Let's go to Champion in the Penn Hills area. He joins us here on the Bob Pompiani Show. What's up, Champ? Well, my friend, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I hope my friend Anthony's still listening and all the old school coaches out there. Let me just say this. If I'm signing the check and I'm paying you a million dollars a year, if I tell you to stop TikToking, you have better stop TikToking. I do not give in to this idea that we have to concede to young people at return of the bench. I'm old school. I believe in discipline. I believe in right and wrong. And the responsibility right now is the team. Whatever you do in the offseason, have at it. When it's time to play football, I expect everybody on my team to show up and equal up. And I do not give in to this need that we have to concede to young people at every turn of the bench. And that's a part of the problem, Bob, that exists in our society, just conceding, 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 allowing young people, not necessarily always young people, but primarily young people, to do what they want, get away with what they want, and make excuses for it. I want you here to play football. I'll stop you right there because I agree generally with that statement. But are you telling me that you're going to be able in this environment today with these – because it's everywhere. I mean, you look, if you expand your vision and look around, you'll see it on every level. If you do it responsibly, I really don't have a problem with it. I don't because you could do some good. And we've seen Juju Smith-Schuster do some good. It's about well, when and how you do it, and I agree from yeah. that point of view with what you're saying. Of course. I, you know, I work with young people. I see it in and every day. Hey, Bob, when I run a football and basketball camp, I still expect yes, sir, and no, sir, and I expect your pants to be pulled up. I, Those of I us agree. in responsible positions can mandate how it's done and, and how it should be done. We're the ones that created this opportunity for you. So, no, I expect that to be done. And, yes, they can have their fun as you say, in the right time and place. But right now, it's not the time. Right now, it's about winning a Super Bowl, and I expect everybody to work accordingly. Thank you, champion. Appreciate that. Have a nice day. Uh, Joe in Scott Township joins us right now on the Fan Hotline. What's up, Joe? Hey, Bob. 
Amen, amen to champion, but I want to talk about the Penguins. Mm. Um, I, I think Dan Kingarski just reported earlier that they were originally put in a division with Minnesota, Detroit, and Chicago. And he said they sort of worked it out that they got moved back in with with their rivalry games, like with the Rangers, the Flyers, and Islanders. Right. Plus, that's too much travel. You don't need to go Minnesota, Detroit. There's a Midwestern component to that. So they oh, need I, to be I, in that division. I agree. I agree. But I also think that if they were put in there and they pulled strings or however they got back, they did it thinking they're going to have fans because they'd rather sell tickets to watch games like that. I agree. And, and I think I think you could rightfully expect fans, it's, you know, eventually in this season. I think they need to. You know, there's still talk that there could be a, a hub location. And listen, the NBA is not doing it. I think people understand how they should conduct themselves away from the rink or away from the court. We've gone through ten months of this, for goodness sakes. They should know what's at stake, and they have to take the proper protocols. The success in the hub was tremendous. Both the NHL and the NBA led the way there, Joe. But moving forward, I don't think you can expect hubs. I wouldn't anyway. And I and I do want to pave the way. I'm going to be optimistic in thinking there are going to be fans at some point as this pandemic starts to trickle down the other way. We'll see. There's still a long way to go, but it's going to be interesting uh, to find out. But I'm, I'm encouraged that we're going to see some hockey. I'm encouraged baseball will eventually get going. That's another one that, you know, the owners want to move the, the, you know, the schedule back to start in May and reduce it to 140 games. The players aren't having it. Players said, we lost a lot of money last year. I know you did, too. But at the same time, we won all 162. They will obviously have more time on their hands to figure out a decision they're going to make. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's encouraging to see teams playing. And, look, you got a wonderful Saturday today, ladies and gentlemen, considering a, you know, a, a Christmas gift early. you got all these football championship games. you got two NFL games today, a full slate of NFL tomorrow, the Steelers on Monday night. There's a lot that sports can do for you if not more than anything else, a distraction from away from all the other things that you've got to be dealing with. So on that note, I say thank you very much. Our thanks to Matt Harkins uh, back at the studio. It always makes it smoothly for me. Uh, appreciate that, Matt, and uh, wish you a happy holiday with you and your family. And all the people who called in, thank you for doing that. I do appreciate it. And all of those people out there who tried to but couldn't, Keep trying. I love to hear from you. Uh, it's an open mic situation, and I love the opinions. 412-928-9370. That's always the number to call. And now it's time to get Fan Weather, which is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet in the South Hills. Take advantage of employee pricing for everyone on most 2020 and 2021s through December. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.